0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message comes from missionary Jason Rawlins. Let's tune in now for Jason's message. I think I got this on. Can you hear me? All right. Let me start off with uh, prayer this morning. Father God, we are so blessed to be in your presence this morning together as one family, uniting in our voices, uniting in our hearts, uniting in our minds and united in purpose and mission. Father, we thank you so much for giving us your son, Jesus, the one who did die on a cross that was meant for me. And God, we are so blessed to be able to worship you as your family, as your children. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a kid, I used to use the word Or two words, I can't a lot. It was a very uh, bitter part of my vocabulary. I use these two words especially when a challenge or a trial came my way. If I couldn't do something or get something or move beyond something the first time, I would look at that challenge and say, I can't. I can't do it. My dad hated these two words, especially when uttered by either of his two sons, myself or my brother, I'm the youngest, and so therefore I use those two words more often. My dad would always tell me, if you say you can't, you won't. And that stuck with me. It took a while, though, for it to stick with me. It took a while for that to sink in, but as he continued to, to tell me those words, if you say you can't, you won't. He continued to answer my I can'ts with that phrase. And finally, finally, I'm a little bit hard up here, a little bit thick. One day, he said to me, I don't want to hear those two words come out of your mouth ever again. Looked me square in the eyes. After that, I determined that my I can'ts would be I can's. Am am I the only one who has ever faced trials or challenges? Raise your hand if you have faced challenges, trials, adversities, struggles. If you don't have your hand up, you're a liar. (laughs) And the elders will be over there to pray with you afterwards. Now, raise your hands if you've ever looked at those challenges that are before you and you you stared that challenge in the face and you said, I can't. Raise your hand. Now, if, again... I don't have to tell you that the elders will be over here to pray with you. (laughs) See, the reality is we live in a broken world. And we will all face various trials by the hand of others or by our own decisions. And when these trials happen... What tends to happen is we look at those things and we magnify them and they become so big. It's like putting them under a microscope and we zoom in on that trial or that challenge and it becomes the only thing that you and I can see. We can't see around it. We can't see beyond it. We can't feel beyond the moment. We can't even think about what's beyond this trial, what's beyond this suffering, what's beyond this adversity. So what are we to do? Let's, let's take a look at what God has to say in James chapter 1. I don't have a remote. Can you uh, change the slide, please? Before I get there, we had a wonderful visit with the Babers. Next slide, please. And he's a pretty cool guy. Kevin is a pretty cool guy. Now, um, if you see, the, he's, uh, he's playing hacky sack with us. If you don't believe me, this thing right up here... Is the hacky sack, and it's going Kevin's way. He's pretty good at hacky sack. You should try him out. Next slide, please. Next slide. Next slide. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Let's let's take a look at these uh, verses here. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know... That the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. James here is setting up his audience. He starts his letter with these words because he knows various trials are coming their way. He starts out with the two words consider it. Your translation may say something else, but consider it is a really good translation. In fact, it, it could go a little further and say, Esteem the joy. Esteem the joy. What's that mean? Well, it's something to respect, something to look at and say, You know what? I respect the joy in the various trials. The word can also mean to lead into. Man lead into the trials with joy. He then uses these words, great joy, and that is better said, total or complete joy. Complete joy. Not just a partial joy, but something that is total and complete. It's got all these pieces that come together to make the whole, to put it all together. And he uses these words, whenever you experience. You notice he didn't say if you experience, but whenever. Look, James says you will face various trials and struggles and adversities. Be prepared for it. Be prepared. You're going to face these things. And he talks about these trials. That word is adversity, affliction, trouble. So James, why? Why should I consider it joy when I face various trials and struggles? Why, James? Well, he says something about the testing of your faith. That's kind of a weird translation. It, it should say something more like the proving of your faith, as if by fire. The proving of your faith. Something that, that shows that your faith is real, and it's genuine, and it's authentic. If you are somebody who says you have faith in Christ... The proving of your faith says it doesn't matter what comes my way, whatever high, whatever low, whatever sideways. Genuine faith says, I'm going to look to my Savior. I'm not going to look at these various trials and struggles. I'm going to look to my Savior. And he says, here's, here's where he goes a little bit deeper, because... It produces endurance. It manufactures, it creates endurance. And that word endurance is something that has always stuck with me since Bible school. It is about God giving you the strength to bear up under that weight of whatever's there. It's not about God giving you the strength to walk around that affliction and leave it there. No, it's about God allowing you the strength to bear up under. Put that on your shoulders and say, I'm going to carry this, not by my own strength, but by the strength of Christ. And then he goes on to say, So that. There's, There's three words that you should always underline in Scripture. Three words. They're super important. One of them is but. You know that God's going to interject somewhere in the next few phrases. But. But here, James goes with the two words, so that. Purpose statement. Underline those words whenever you see them. Purpose statement. So that. James, why should I count it great joy when I face various trials and struggles and tribulations? So that. So that you may be. Mature. Perfect. So that you may be made whole by God. So that you may be made whole by God. And finally, so that you lack nothing. <laughs> what? So that you lack nothing. So that you can face nothing. Whatever is coming your way because you know it's not your own strength by which you can move through that struggle, but by the strength of Jesus. Look, here's here's where James is really getting down here. You need to respect the process of trial and adversity and suffering and pain. Respect the process. Lead into it. James is saying, look, you got to stop listening to the voice of this age that says, seek comfort instead of trial. Seek what you desire over what God desires. Seek the comfort of whatever it is your comfort zone desires instead of the hard, instead of the hurt, instead of the adversity, instead of the pain. James says, respect the process. Stop finding joy in these various trials. I don't know how many of you have heard, have heard sermons about finding joy. In the, I've even preached those sermons. But as I was looking at this this week, it came to me very differently. It doesn't say find joy. Nowhere in here does it say find the joy in the various trials. No. We don't have to seek for that joy. We don't have to find that joy. Look, brothers and sisters, it's not about finding the joy in the troubles or the trials. It's about looking at the trials and the afflictions and the adversities and saying, that's gonna bring me joy. That is gonna bring me joy. That, that pain, that struggle, you're like, what? That's so divine, that's so otherworldly. That's not of this world. This world looks at pain and suffering and affliction, so that's devastation. That's, we don't want that, especially in the West. In our culture, we are very much comfort-centric. And so when these things come, huh, why? And James gives us the why. He doesn't leave us empty-handed. He doesn't make this statement... Consider it joy when you face various trials and then leave us alone. That's not comforting. But what is comforting is the why. Because it is connected to the end product. A more whole, mature, divinely put together you. The one that God is still forming and fashioning and shaping to be a more perfect you. The one that he is making to look new like his son, Jesus. A more resilient you. Next slide, please. We need each other. James James doesn't leave the collective out of this. In our western eyes, we view this and we see singular. We typically see singular where the writers have put plural. We need each other, and we need each other to have this same perspective. But not only that, we're called to help each other in the trial. Look at verse 2. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters. Those are plural. Whenever you... That's when we shift to singular. You. Whenever you... But no. If he were there preaching to them, he would say... Whenever you face the various trials and struggles. Whenever y'all face those trials and struggles. If he were from Texas, of course. And then he goes on, verse 3. Because you... Same thing. Because y'all know that the testing of y'all's faith... ...produces endurance. They're all plural. And he does that on purpose. And it shatters any individualistic idea of faith to the core. We don't live faith by ourselves. We live faith in a family that God gives us. And it's imperative that we move toward each other... ...in the trials, in the adversities, in the pain, in the suffering... And we walk alongside each other. We grab each other by the arm and say, you know, I got you. I got your back. And we're going to do this together. You're probably wondering, when's he going to talk about what they're doing in Guelph and ministry and stuff? Well, here it comes. I'm I'm a preacher. I can't help but preach, so... (coughs) We, we have faced some various adversities in our ministry. No ministry is untouched by adversity, right, Ken, Jeremy? I mean, the, there's adversity, there's pain. The co-workers that we prayed for that would come back in 2019 and 20, well, they had to move away this year. There's a lot of details with that, but that was Disappointing. That was another teammate, a group, a teammate, family that was leaving us again. We have faced various barriers and walls and disappointments and frustrations. But that is not the whole story. That's not the whole story. And when we allow these various trials and uh, disappointments and frustrations to come up and and zoom in on them and say, Oh, I'm just going to be frustrated with them. Let it. We zoom out and we go far out. We can see what God has been doing. Next slide, please. It's kind of like breaking down a cement wall. When when you and I persist and we are resilient, this is what I used to do for a living: demolition and rebuilding. When you first hit that cement wall, that He's not going to smash that thing down at first... ...but there's a little micro-crack that happens. And he whacks it again. And another crack, and another crack, and another crack... ...until finally that wall crumbles down. And that's what the enemy hates right there. That you and I would dare zoom out and say... ...you know what, I'm just going to persist. I'm going to keep going by the strength and the power of our Lord Jesus. Next slide, please. When we do zoom out and we look at our ministry... Instead of focusing on the challenges and the struggles, we see a new couple, the the couple in the the green and the checkered white and black. A new couple that is eager to learn, hungry to help out and serve. They're from Nigeria, and they showed up out of nowhere. (laughs) That gives hope. You're like, oh, (laughs) God's answering a prayer. When we zoom out... Next slide, please. We see someone that y'all have been praying for for almost two years give his life over to Christ in baptism. That doesn't mean he's, he's all good now. Please continue to pray for him. He is battling. That spiritual battle, he is fighting. When we zoom out... Next slide. We see a woman, Megan who has never really had a real support system. Where her family, all they know is fighting. And she begins to worship with you, and and Jen has been working with her for so long. But she's persistent. She's consistent. And she's hitting that brick wall over and over and over. But she finally listens to us and comes to family week at camp where she experiences Christian love and family maybe like she'd never seen before. And it becomes threatening to her halfway through the week where she just wants to go home because it's, it's overwhelming. But she continues to stay. Her and her two daughters, Journey in Mercy. Next slide, please. When we zoom out, we, we see... A community, a violent community with no real relationships to speak of, where communication is with fists and yelling and fighting, become a very calm, a very different community because the love of Christ has entered into that space and we are consistent and we are persistent Next slide, please. Where you begin to see the work that you've been doing to provide meals in downtown Guelph has inspired greater involvement from a neighboring house church. Next slide, please. Where you see a church family come together only by the blood of Jesus. I don't know that I'd be friends with all these people. But God brought us together, and he unites us in the blood of Jesus. Next slide, please. Where you see a gentleman who is kind of directionless, but has a passion for Jesus and sharing the word, and you see that, and and you want to tap into that because he's got potential to start a house church. His name's Mark, and we're going to pray for him. Next slide, please. Where you see a youth group. Next slide, please. Reaching out to friends and families to come and, and experience the love of Jesus. When we left here last summer, Amelia said in the car, uh, where's my youth group? Jen's like, well, we well, I guess we can do that. And when you zoom out even further, you can see God working and growing and shaping and maturing. And, and when, when you do see that, when you, when you zoom away from those trials and struggles and those challenges, and you get beyond them and you move through them and you work through them with God, you see, yes, God... God is working. God is powerful. God is mighty. And in spite of the challenges, those things have made me better. They are maturing me. And I know that now. But when you do see that, next slide please, you learn to take yourself less serious. (laughs) Would you pray with me? God, we are here because of you. You are the one who has formed and fashioned us, not just individually, but you have brought us together as a family. And God, you are working powerfully and mightily in each and every one of us, even if we don't see it. God, would you change our perspective? Help us not to search for the joy in those trials and sufferings, but to remember to lead through those, to, consider, to, to respect the process of affliction and adversity and trials, God, because you are there and you are growing us, you are maturing us, you are changing us. And we thank you for that. Father, we love you so much and we want the whole world to know of your love. And we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen.
1: I don't know about you, but I was definitely blessed very much by your presenting the word to us, Jason. Uh, It spoke to me this morning in a way that I needed, and I really do appreciate the way you just took one verse from God's amazing word and developed so much truth from it. And I really do believe that was one of the most spiritually minded, mature, God-honoring mission presentations that i've experienced so thank you jason and jen and amelia it's an honor to be working alongside you and it's an honor to spend some time praying we have prayed each week in a a lengthy way for our missionaries and i apologize but jason and i had a little bit of communication he did what i asked him to do but i didn't get his email and uh Went to a spam folder. We discovered that this morning. And so I don't have things on screen for you to pray for, but I still want us to spend some time in prayer. And so I know I'm going to read this prayer request. I want you to focus on names is what I really want you to focus on and know that as we go before God's throne, we go boldly. We go with confidence and we're lifting the names of people. People he loves, people he cares about, people that he has brought into the orbit of the Rollins family and the the house church in Guelph. And so he knows the names and he knows the situations. You may not remember all the details, but I just ask you to focus as we pray on lifting these names before the throne of God. And we're going to begin and we're going to ask for God's blessing and God's healing on a man named Dave uh, we have been praying for Dave for a while. He, he's been battling leukemia for several years. And a couple of weeks ago, Dave had to go into the hospital. His white blood cells and his platelets have dropped so low that he is not able to battle uh, the leukemia. He's developed pneumonia. And uh, we, need to, we need to pray for Dave's recovery. If it's God's will that Dave would be healed... And we want to lift up Lucille, his wife, who is caring for him every day. So again, I'll just say a sentence prayer. Have some silence for y'all to lift up Dave and his wife, Lucille. Father God, we do. We bow before you. We come before your throne as your children who honor you, God, as the creator of the world. And we honor you in this moment as the one who has the power to heal And we ask you, if it is your will, God, that you would defeat leukemia in Dave's body and that you would raise his white blood cell count and you would raise uh, his platelet levels and that you would help his body battle, be resilient, and, and bring victory into Dave's life. In the meantime, I ask you also to bless Lucille with energy and with resilience as she cares for Dave. So we continue, we want to pray for Jen and for her neighbor, Megan. Jen's been working with Megan and doing a study with her, and Megan has invited her neighbor. Disciples making disciples. Her neighbor's just been searching for something, and so Megan said, why don't you come join this study? So we want to pray for Jen, we want to pray for Megan, and we want to pray for Megan's neighbor. And that they would be impacted by the love, the sacrifice, the story, the name of Jesus. And that they would surrender all. Lord, I thank you for all that Jason and Jen do, and for all that Jen does, and for her focus on Megan and on Megan's neighbor work in Jen's life. God, as she just reveals to them the story of Jesus. And I pray that the something that Megan's neighbor is looking for we know that is Jesus I pray that she will realize that you are the something she's looking for and I pray that Megan and her neighbor would be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ let's continue to pray and this time we're going to lift up two men named Matt and Boson we praise God that Matt has given his life to Christ and has been baptized and uh, when Jason gets back he's going to begin a D group a discipling group with Matt and with Boson and so let's pray Father again I thank you for Jason I thank you that daily he he is opening himself up to work and to serve with people that you bring into his life. I'm thankful that you brought Matt into his life and that uh, through hospitality and listening and sharing the good news that Matt came to a place where he was ready to surrender his life to you, Jesus. So we thank you that you have saved Matt. I pray that you would continue to give freedom to Matt to, that Matt would live out the freedom in Christ that is his, and that the the memories and the hurts of the past that still attack him and have a stranglehold on him that you would that you would give him freedom from that and that he would walk in his freedom and he would walk in confidence and in humility with Jesus and so I pray that as Jason spends time with matt that you would continue to do the good work that you started in him and i pray for boson as well that that he would continue on his faith journey and walking in truth and that they would learn to rely on and to trust the church family that you have made them a part of so bless jason and matt and boson we continue to pray we want to pray for just the the whole ministry um, that uh, the guelph church has become involved in um, with the homeless and the weekly meals that are provided and again the peace that jesus brings when his people enter into a, a place and so we want to pray for that father would you continue to bless the guelph church as they serve among the homeless would you continue to for your presence just to bring some peace into the lives of those men and women and specifically Jason's asking us Lord just to pray that uh, that they would be fed that they would have their basic needs met that they would they would grow out of the lives in the situation that they are in and that again, you would continue to impact the communities of Guelph with your church. As we continue to pray, the last prayer request that Jason and Jen have for us is very close to their heart. And it's about their daughter, Amelia. And as she grows older, she's just more aware, uh, just as he mentioned when she left here, where's my youth group? She's more aware of the sacrifices that her family's making to be in the mission field. She's more aware of the fact that she's not with her extended family back in the States. And so we want to pray for peace and for comfort for God's Spirit to use the life that that Jason and Jen have chosen that it would shape her and her relationship with God and her service in the kingdom throughout her life. Lord, we pray for Amelia. And we ask, Lord, that you would just bless her, that you would be gentle and kind and caring with Amelia, that you would bless her with friends that you would bless her with a good experience in school that you would father that you would be shaping her we know that you are we're just we're just joining in asking her parents that you would be shaping her and molding her into the young woman that you have created her to be and that these years on the mission field would be years that would Be impactful to her in a good way for the rest of her life. Pray for peace, for comfort, for a great support system. And just bless her parents as they love her and raise her. Together we lift these prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen.